Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Breakdowns for Breakfast. I am Danger, and joining me as always is my co-host, Monster. Say hello, Monster. What up, everybody? Good morning. So today we are discussing one of my favorite bands, and I will give you guys the reason why they're one of my favorite bands, uh, This Wildlife, their album, Everblossom. Now, Monster, did you have any knowledge of, experience of, I know I've talked about these guys to you before, but yeah. what? tell me about you knew about this album before. I'd never heard this album before. I don't think I'd ever listened to this band before. I had heard you mention it because I know you and the missus went and saw them live. Um, you've seen them live now a couple of times, right? I think three times, yeah. Three times? Uh, but no, I... And typically I, I tend to check out what you are telling me is cool, but I've never, I'd never heard these guys before until you brought them up and brought this album. Yeah. So I saw them for the first time on one of their headlining tours and they had uh, the home team and broadside with them. I feel like they had somebody else, but I can't remember now. But one of the reasons why I am a fan of this band as much as I am is because a, I really like their music. B, they have a humility about themselves that I thoroughly appreciate. So before the uh, the show that we saw them on for the first time, there was this post that they put out about if you like and share this post, send us your phone number, we'll give you a call. And I had no idea that this was happening. Now, these guys, during the pandemic, they really leaned into streaming Twitch things, like setting lights, and, and they do everything themselves. I mean, they do their... Uh, stage props and stuff all themselves like when i saw them they had like cactuses on stage and they actually hand cut and hand painted all those themselves and that's really cool in my opinion yeah that's neat but i didn't know about this you know if you like and uh, and share deal and then i was just in my bedroom and the missus comes in and she's like hey i got somebody for you to talk to and it was kevin one of the two guys in the band and he was you know, took the time to actually follow through on that and actually called us. And I talked to him for, I don't know, 30 minutes about the state of local music in in this area. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Bands don't have to do that. And the fact that they do that is really cool. And then we actually got the VIP like meet and greet package and like they took pictures with everybody and they served coffee and donuts and gave a signed poster, which... <laughs> I mean, I know there's meet and greets for tons of people, but they serve coffee and donuts. That's cool. And I mean, no, it wasn't it wasn't great coffee. Didn't expect <laughs> it to be great coffee. I mean, it was fine coffee. It did its job. And the donuts were Krispy Kreme donuts, which are you know from this area. And so, what's wrong with that? No. And then at the end of it, they were like, "Hey guys, uh, you know, we've gotten through question and answers, and we've got like twenty boxes of donuts left. <laughs> Please take donuts." And I don't know. There is just a humility about them. And actually, when I went, I actually had a uh, uh, our other podcast, uh, the Is For Podcast t-shirt that I had made. And I was wearing it. And they were like, "What? what is this? And so I was telling about it. And they were like, hey, man, there's only two kinds of promotion. And it's self and shameless. And I was like, I, I like that. And they were like, amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were like, yeah, that's uh, that's how we do it. You know, so we get it. But uh, on them doing everything themselves, they did a tour where they did uh, Mario, everything Mario. And they always wear kind of matching outfits, which are not cool outfits, but it's kind of neat that they do it. I mean, for... Yeah, I, I think I saw a picture that you shared where they're wearing like green, like uh, 
bro rompers, basically. So it's Kevin and Anthony are the two guys in the band, and the Which guy the, the Kevin, 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 and then Anthony switches between guitar, banjo, drums, and and all the stuff. And uh, Kevin was wearing a red one. Anthony was wearing a green one, and they had a giant Game Boy that they had built on stage, and they had actually programmed the screen with all the uh, the pixel art and all that. It's just a really cool humility about doing it. Now, they talked openly about how they were signed to Epitaph at one point and why they do things themselves, but you don't see bands without that kind of humility this early in their career <laughs> by any means. It's yeah. only after they've uh, all, every member in the band has dealt with addiction and 12 divorces and they go, you know what? Um, we're Alice Cooper and we appreciate our fans. Right. And it's real easy to say, Oh, we do everything independent when you were on a label for 20 years, building a career, building a fan base, building your financial stability. But when you're on the road, just, you know, four five, six years into your career, and you still have that, nope, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to set it up. We'll, we will set it up ourselves. Like, that's that's a, another level of creativity and dedication that you're right. Not not a lot of bands have. Yeah, and they were signed to Epitaph for a while. And they were not signed to them for very long. I think that they just filled their contractual agreements. I'm not really sure what the full breakdown of why they're not there anymore. Except... Mm-hmm that they did not get the support from a label that they were really wanting. And then when they were done, they went independent and their independence is true, independent record, you know, independent um, albums and all they do everything themselves. And the fact that I have sat and watched their streams on Twitch and watched them painstakingly program lights. Like I've just had their, their stream up while I'm doing stuff, just kind of keep an eye on it and keep checking on it. And they, they spent like three hours one night programming lights for a show and, and stuff. And you could tell like when they play, they come on stage and hell there's a, there's one song on this album that now the club that I saw them at here in town, you know, they've got the giant disco ball hanging from the yeah. ceiling. Well, in other places, there's a song uh, uh, through all the gloom and it's the quote unquote wedding song. And Whenever they play it, they actually have uh, this third guy that travels with them and, you know, merch and he comes on stage and plays bass when they, you know, need him for that song and all. And mm-hmm. and he actually will hold up a big stick with a flashlight on it, holding a disco ball and people, they'll select people to slow dance to the song during the show. You know, they've got a song on here. They've got a little uh, dance they do on stage and like, and coordinate it with the crowd and I don't know. There's just a lot of audience participation and it's fun. It's fun. So, so that might be a good segue into something that I will, I will say I might like this better live from everything you told me. The guys seem like really cool guys. I'm not familiar with much other than this record. I did listen to a couple other things, but if, if they're doing all of that live, I would imagine that creates a fun atmosphere uh, that would be would be fun to to participate in. It does, it does, and I will say so. We're going to talk about their album Ever Blossom. They do have a newer album Ever, uh, Never Fade that comes out, but uh, I've been a fan, or I don't want to say I've been because I haven't found them. I didn't find them that long ago. 
but mm -hmm. their albums clouded low tides petaluma and this album ever blossom i'm in for i i'm i'm in for and I've gone back and listened to some of the other stuff in the new in the new album, but it's like the those those albums. I think it's like kind of what was available, like what I was able to put my hands on when I found them. I was like, I'm a bigger fan of this section, you know. Not to say that they're not going to put out stuff in the future and all that, but you know, how long have they been around? Because because they've got four, five, six records. They've got several albums out, but they are relatively new, correct? Uh, they formed in 2010. Okay, okay. And they actually formed, like when they started, they were a pop punk band and they had some other members. And then mm -hmm. they switched over to the two person acoustic deal when yeah. uh, the guy Kevin was like, this is easier on my voice. <laughs> and obviously he lives in the soprano world and, and, oh, yeah. and hangs out in those hide notes. And that's fine. You know, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> but, uh, they've kind of they've really leaned into that, uh, yeah. for sure. So and well, and, it, and it works out because because uh, uh, the other guy Anthony in the band they are right on track with each other. Actually, there's a video from all their videos are self done themselves, mm -hmm. and um, the uh, there's a video from their first album Pop Shove It, and half of it's like sock puppets. And I love that. That's and, cool. And there's actually at the end of the video, the one that I watched. It's actually like outtakes from it where you actually see them like on the like laying on the floor, like holding a hand up, like running the sock puppet and complaining about their shoulders hurting and all that. And yeah, it's a it, it's so, like, again, humility. And I love it. Well, and, and here's here's something that I, it's it's really kind of like blowing my mind, everything you're saying, because that sounds like fun. Yeah, that sounds like a whole lot of fun. Right. If there was one word that is the opposite of this album, that would be the word fun. <laughs> and I'm going to disagree with you on that because I think this album yeah. is fun, but okay. okay. Um, so, so let me just preface everything uh, for this conversation that I have to say on this, about this album. Let me start off with this caveat, possibly my two least favorite genres of music is that fake folk kind of stuff like Mumford and Sons, the Lumineers, Avid Brothers. Just, I don't care for it. Second is Sad Boy Emo. Stuff like Bright Eyes, Dashboard Confessional, Elliot Smith. Those are two things that I don't like to hear. And that's two things that I hear more than anything else on this album. Okay, so, so, take so everything I say with a grain of salt knowing that this is not the world I live in. And it's not the world I visit very often. So just keep that in mind as we move forward. So two things that I will say back is one, they describe themselves and they actually had this up behind them. When I saw them recently, they opened for a yellow card. They describe themselves as the hot topic hot. Mumford and sons. Yes. Now, actually when I saw them uh, with, uh, yellow card and is actually open for a day to remember and that or not a day to remember. Sorry. Um, oh, story of the year. Story right? of the year. Right. Thank you. I don't know why I got the two mixed up, but yes, no better than you do. Yeah, you do. I was sending you videos of it. So you were yes. Story of the year and then Mayday Parade and then Yellow Card. And while we were there, the uh, the lady ran into Anthony and asked him, and he was like, uh, asked him about us reviewing. And he was like, the new album is like. Honestly, I don't like the new album as much as their older stuff. The new album's fine, but mm -hmm. you know, 
if there's a band, I like an album that's the band and that album had a lot of featurings. And I know this album it, has yeah. one. You know, it's fine to feature somebody on your song, but I feel and like if it, I'm taken, and you're a bigger fan than I am, so you would know better. I did give it kind of a cursory, you know, listen through. Some of those songs are old songs, like redone with a guest vocalist, right? I, I think they're all just off of this one. I don't know them from something else. If if somebody out there in in podcast land knows different, then please let me know. But I think they, these are all from this album specifically. I think they've... Like, oh, 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 so the new album is all the songs off of this album, Sorry, Ever Blossom. Sorry, I thought you were talking about this album, Ever Blossom. They were talking about the uh, uh, Never Fade I believe is a lot of older songs and I know they've got a, a couple covers on there. I know they covered like blank One Eighty Two's miss you. And you know, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and that's fine. I have no problem. Well, with I, that. Agree. I, think, I think doing an album like this makes more sense as far as this is really what the band is versus that sort of a specialty record for fans. Right. Right. And so when we did see them uh, for open for yellow card, the lady ran into them and they said to, um, to review the new album, but I wanted to do one that is theirs. And this was, you know, the more recent of their things, even though we do have a feature on this. So one of the things that they describe their music as is uh, prescription grade emotional music. That's one of the descriptors they give it. Now I'm going to talk about this album as if I like it because I do. <laughs> and um, I don't think that, you know, I, I saw a review of this album before that said it was uh, an album that ranges from upbeat summer bops to emotional deep cuts. And I don't think that's true for the entire thing. And at 10 songs is not a long album. I think the entire album runs like 30 some odd minutes. And I like a 10 track album. I don't like a super long album. And I think right. less than that, you go into EP territory, you know, and, right. and there's nothing wrong with an EP at all. But you know, if you're wanting to put on an album, it's going to have to be at least 10 songs. I think we've established that in the past. Yeah. So, and while I don't think there's any filler, I definitely think there are some songs that are not as strong as other songs on this. And I don't think every song flows together. Mm -hmm. And there's a one or two that I don't think the songs flow entirely within themselves, but it's like the parts, you know, the individual parts are really good parts. I like them, but you know, I, I don't think this is one where we could say like, you know, track two and three go together or things like that. I think each track no. is going to have to be talked about individually. Yes. And I think this is the type of band that I, I don't, I don't know how to word this exactly, but it, it, there's not necessarily a overarching concept. Like they're not interested in making a, each song is deep within itself. It doesn't have to be the album as a whole doesn't have to paint some massive picture because each song in itself is a story and is kind of self-contained. So I, I kind of agree with you that track listing, like you could sort of put these in any order and it kind of feel the same. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. So I do think there is a little bit of track listing that's out of order, but not enough to make that a strong criticism of the album. Sure. You know, but also, sorry, I just realized the second thing I was going to say that I never actually said was you actually told me that you're not a fan of those two types of music. 
uh, mm-hmm. last week, and I did not respond to you because I was thinking, uh, he's going to hate this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I, okay. All joking aside, I've said, I've said a lot of things. I don't hate oh, this no. album. I, I don't I don't think that you hated it because I, I think you and I are the type of people that can listen to an album that we're not a fan of and still find things that we are fans of within I, it. I can one hundred percent say with clear honesty that I see a group of people that would love this. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not in that group. Yeah. I'm not friends with that group. Uh that group doesn't want me anywhere near them. You are, so I'm part of that group. You are friends with that group. Are we not friends? Are we, am I learning this about us now? Well, okay. It's There's fine. a difference. It's fine. You can't no, take it back. No, 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 no. <laughs> There's a difference between, and, and this is just honest. There's a difference between people who listen to this kind of music and enjoy it sometimes and people who this kind of music is their identity. And I wouldn't I was say it's my, my identity. I would just say it's, no. to me, this fits into the overall. No. The giant spectrum. Exactly. You listen to a giant spectrum of music, but specifically in high school. And that's another thing is I think you and I are a little aged out of this particular demographic. But when I was in high school, I was was, one of the older guys at their show. So I'm sure. But there is a demographic of people, especially in high school age, early college age, where this is their identity, this kind of music. These kind of everything is an emotional roller coaster. Everything is taken to the nth degree. And I was I, I knew some kids like that when I was in school, and they were the the emo kids, the goth kids, what you know, whatever stupid term they had. But I never was in that. Like even in high school, I had friends who would listen to this kind of stuff, and I just was never for me. And in fact, when I was feeling emotional and I was upset or I was depressed. I wanted the opposite because I wanted to get out of there. I didn't want to live in that space. So for me, it was like, that's when 311 get cranked up even more. That's when I wanted to listen to Limp Biscuit and, and jump around the room because it's not trying to escape your problems. It's just dealing with them differently. And for me, listening to this kind of music just makes it all worse for me. <laughs> You're a guy that likes to fight the feeling, not embrace it. That's good. That's that's fine. That's fine. Not necessarily fight the feeling because when I have sad emotional stuff happen to me, I I deal with it and I respond to it and I, you know, do what I have to do. But for me, this would make it worse. Like that's, that's this fine. wouldn't help this wouldn't help heal. This would exacerbate the situation. So before I said I was one of the older guys at the show, and there is something that actually uh, they have taught me that I feel like you and I, who are in our late thirties, who still go to shows and stuff, mm-hmm. and you who play shows, we can really learn from. So these uh, these guys, they uh, you could find a video of. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly, who a, opinion of Machine Gun Kelly aside, you know, um, yeah, where he is talking mad shit about them wearing like New Balance dad shoes on stage because they're comfortable. The last time I saw them, I don't know if both of them or if just uh, the had like teal colored Crocs he was wearing on stage, and it's like you know what? Why not be comfortable? Just sure. yeah. 
So in Crocs, I am going to refuse to wear something that looks like, uh, I don't know, a clog had relations with a piece of Swiss cheese. But yep, not think uh, my daughter loves them, but she's yep. four. So right. yeah, the <laughs> girls, the girls love them, but they're seven. And, right, you know, right. and I understand guys that work in kitchens that wear them, you know, yeah, I guess they're on their feet and they're not seen. <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't know. I can't get behind the crock thing, but I do understand the comfortable shoe, uh, the comfortable footwear. I need to employ that more because I don't know. Going to a show these days, my back starts hurting. Oh, dude. So usually we're playing 30 minute sets, 40, 45 minute sets at the most. And I, I can't walk for the next day. I, my knees and my back and my legs are just miserable. Like if we ever do like a string of shows, like a, a mini tour or something, I am, whew, I don't know if I can make it, man. <laughs> you're, you're sitting down for, for part of that. So and then, and to your point about being comfortable in this band, I've decided to go the opposite and I'm wearing masks and capes and like light up shoes and nothing. That's like that correlates with comfort. <laughs> yeah. I've seen you get up. I don't get it, but all right. I don't get it. Either. Yeah. So, all right, let's dive into this album. So, track one, I'm Scared to Lose You. Now, the first time I heard this, I thought this, and then in getting ready for this, I was looking for the quote that I saw before and I actually came across this, you know, the first line about throw a stone against your house. If I could throw a stone against your home, so hard that it would knock it down. I, that always made me think of Forrest Gump and come to find out that that's actually what it was. You know, <laughs> I mean, the song's not about Forrest Gump, but that, at least that first line is, at least it's taken from that or the imagery of it is. And I think that's cool because I love that movie and that imagery always sticks out to me. You know, uh, Jenny throwing or Jenny throwing stones at her house until she gets overcome by emotion and falls down. I, I don't know. Let, let me ask you this. How do you feel about swearing on songs that are this soft? Okay. So this is actually something I was going to put into, or I put into my closing statement on this. I don't have a problem with swearing in songs if it's well-placed and it's not, you know, out of rhythm. And I felt like, I think there's other words besides an F-bomb, but, you know, I thought he placed them well and, you know, gave them the correct uh, inflection. It doesn't like, put it this way, my brain is wired in such a way that when I hear soft acoustic guitars and very simple instrumentation and then F-bombs come flying out, like it, it takes me off guard. So it, it felt weird, especially on the opening track to, to put those in there. But but I, I mean, they're, they're big boys. They can use bad words. It's, it's not that the, like, you know, they're wrong for using it. It just... I was curious to see what you thought because for me, and come on, dude, I'm wearing a slipknot shirt. Obviously, profanity's fine, but it's just it felt kind of out of place with the tone of the music. So, in this song, they use uh, shakers, 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they put F-bombs in there to shake it up. Yep. Can we go to the next song now, please? No, no, that disappointing look <laughs> means we're going to talk about this more. No, I, I felt like, you know, they gave it the proper inflection. It wasn't really out of place to me. And it was surprising, but the more I listened to it, it was like, okay, that, that fits right in. And it's like the way it was put in was almost like a punctuation, not a mm. punch, but like a, it, it, it felt, it didn't feel out of place. Nothing feels out of place in this song. You know, how the vocals, you know, the, the song is very simple at first and then the vocals kind of fade and then yeah. you get one more clear line and then it's like on the last word, the drums start. It's like nothing felt out of place. And the bridge on this song feels bare, but not empty. And I thought that, that was an interesting thing they were able to kind of accomplish in this is that it's like, it feels much more raw, but does not feel empty to me. You know, and I think part of that may be the previous echoes that came through or what, but I don't know. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that, that opening track just because it felt like it was layered and structured well. One more broad sweeping statement. Okay. I like drums. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like I like a, a solid rhythm in the background of a song. Now I don't pay a ton of attention to drums. I'm not a drummer, never been, but I I notice when they're not there. <laughs> yeah. Um there were there I mean there were drums on this track, but not the entire time. So, you know. Right. And and this and I I will say that I think this is a good like a decent song. And not a bad start to the album because they are using most of the guitar chords they're using are more of a minor minor key, uh, which creates that more emotional feeling. But this one sounds a little bit brighter, a little bit more in a major key. And forgive me because I'm not a music theologist. I don't know the you know if I'm being 100 percent accurate, but it just sounds brighter than some of the later tracks. So I think it was smart to lead into the album with that. Yeah. And that's why, you know, well, not why we have you here, but that's something that you bring is that music knowledge that I don't have. Yeah. The (laughs) only reason you're here is for what you can offer. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. No. uh, And, uh, you know, I appreciate that you actually, you hear that and, and because I mean, I hear, I hear parts of it, but I don't hear it the way that you do. Now, with all that being said, track two, last call for the heavy hearts. album and so when you first told me to listen to this album the first song i was like "Eh, i don't that's not really my thing but then the second song came on i was like okay i like this because i i know i talk a lot about new metal i talk a lot about rap rock and stuff but another genre of music that i really really love and i will i've got some albums coming in down the pipe that we're going to do that fit into this is that power pop soccer mom rock music stuff like um i'm trying to think of some of the bigger ones because most of the ones that i like kind of flew under the radar a little bit but i I guess you could say a band like third eye blind or better than ezra everclear bands that are like a little soft to be called alternative rock they had like bigger poppier hooks than that but they still had electric guitars and could go into a guitar solo you know what i'm saying so 
I get what you're saying, and I love Better Than Ezra's album, Deluxe, fantastic album, but I'm sorry, you threw me off the soccer mom part, because in Last Call for the Heavy Hearts, I don't hear Dodge Caravan and Orange Slices. No, 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 no. The point that I'm trying to make is this feels adjacent to that genre. This sounds like Adjacent, a, okay, I'll, I'll give you yeah. adjacent, all right. This sounds like a big pop song. The first song sounded like a slow emo indie record this song sounds more like it's got a beat it's got a groove the hook is clearly defined it's catchy that do 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 little guitar lick that mm-hmm. pops up i that's been stuck in my head since the first time i heard this song this is a really well crafted song i mean okay so this song sounds what i can best describe as complicated basic where it sounds complicated, but if you look at the you know the structure of it, if you look at how it's written and all, it's not complicated. But it no. just it feels that way. And hats off to the sound engineer because the acoustic sounds perfect on this song. Actually, the, uh, being an acoustic band, you gotta have you know you gotta right. have it done right. But it sounds perfect on this song. And I, as a person that really like pulls that stuff, yeah, I love it. I don't know. Like, yeah, this this just, this is a really good rich. Song. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a really good song. And just to kind of show my hand a little bit here, if the rest of the album sounded more like this song, I would have been very much on board for it. But unfortunately, there's nothing else that sounds like this song on the album. There's gonna, little hints. I'm gonna dis- hints. okay, little hints, fine. But I'm gonna disagree with there's you because one, and there's one more song near the end that I I have some stuff to say about, but. This one to me stands like several notches above where most of the tracks on this record stand. And for me. Okay, so there's point. there's one other track on this album and we have to fill some more time, so we're not gonna jump to talk about that one. Yes. Right, 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 right. But, we'll get there. we'll but, get there. But also for last call for the heavy hearts, we have a uh, the lady's got a t shirt of it. They uh they did a giveaway thing or she bought it. I don't really know. She just kinda did it and didn't tell me about it. Yeah. And then Sally, she's like, Hey, here's these handwritten lyrics of the song. Can you put this in oh, a frame? Cool. And by the way, here's this drawn picture of for the song. It's like a like a tattoo style. It's like a skeleton like pouring a bottle, like pouring beer down its throat, and it's just running through its bones. And um, it's just they're cool things. And this well, I'm glad that they cool acknowledge. I, I'm glad that they acknowledge that this is a a stellar song because yeah, this really this, is a a standout song for sure. Oh yeah, this is a standout for this uh, this album. I would say that this album has about I don't know half standouts to me i mean i think it's a great album all the way through but like i don't know about five of these songs are just like standout tracks to me and that first track is a standout to me i love that first song so you know before we're over i may say i love every song so i don't know i hope you do i hope you do yeah (laughs) all right (laughs) track three when we leave this place we leave alone when we leave this place we leave alone no more hurt, but it becomes the earth. No dark, no light. Just what are your thoughts on this? Your face tells me no. Nope, don't like it. This one to me has big Mumford and Sons energy. Is it the banjo? Uh, well, okay. What I will say is I do like the fact that I hear piano, I hear banjo, I think I hear some mandolin, I think I hear some violin, I think I hear a lot of instruments going on and I appreciate that. I, I like the fact that for such a sparse, simple song, they 
threw in a lot of stuff, and I, I like that. But as far as the overall verse, chorus, melody, structure, mm-mm, nah, not not for me. Not for me. So something with uh, this band that really jumps out to me more than other bands is it's like they really embrace the bridge of the song in a way that other bands don't. A lot of yep. bands will embrace the bridge as like a setup for a breakdown or whatever, but it's like a lot of bands will use the bridge as a setup for something else, but they seem to use the bridge as just a part of the ba- a part of the song to highlight something else. And I felt like that's what they did on this song, especially. But I love that banjo of this song. I do. And I think mm-hmm. after two big strumming songs, it was a good move to give us something with a simple finger picking. It was it was time to slow it down a little bit. Well, that's <laughs> that's actually one of my my criticisms is this album, it's like almost every song it's like it's time to s- slow it down again, I guess. It, it's I needed something a little more upbeat at some point in this album. And while we do get something more upbeat in melody. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I needed a little bit more of it, but it's like the, these slow songs, it's like it activates that part of my brain that is sad, happy. <laughs> so as a musician, one of the things that I pick up on is dynamics. And as much as I love, I mean, we both love so much music in so many different genres. Yeah. But if you, if you stick too close to one sound sonically, it starts to lose its impact over a course of time. That's why I've never been able to really get into like black metal and death metal because to me, there's no dynamics. It's just one sound. And if you mix it up a little bit and add a little dynamics, I can enjoy it more. But for, for my, again, this is just me, my personal taste. So many songs on this album share that sparse acoustic space that it starts to lose its impact after a couple of songs. And that's why, you know, last call for the heavy hearts, if we were to throw in one or two more of those, a little bit more spaced out, I wouldn't feel so dragged through the mud already on track three. Like I'm already starting to feel the like of the album and we're just getting started. So, okay, I'm going to share your your idea, your opinion about that, because when you do create something that's every track sounds the same sonically, you know, like, and I'm not a big, I, I'm not a huge, like death metal or black metal fan. I mean, hell we went and saw Lorna shore and I was about bored halfway through. And it was like, right. I just, I'm, you know, it that was for the lady more than heavy. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Stop being heavy when it's always heavy. <laughs> right. And, you know, I do appreciate when things change, you know, in that space a little bit, when you do get a bit of a, you know, an uplift, a guitar plugged in. And I think this album kind of having the spacing it does, the pacing it does, and already being 30 minutes long, I don't get to that point. Because you say you're already at that point at track three, but track two, you thoroughly enjoyed and you thought it was great. And you're saying that if we had more of track two spaced out through this album, give it past track three, man. I mean, okay, I did. I did. Yeah. You're exactly right. And I will say, you know, subsequent listens, because I've listened to the album over and over and over again. 
maybe the first time I went through it, track three, I wasn't already getting bored. But then tracks, the subsequent tracks after this, it's just, just, okay, so track four, nothing hurts like love for the first time. I've moved on another that I let you know everything we I'm not a big fan of the Fallout Boy style song titles either. <laughs> um, but yeah, this one is just, mm, I, like, there's nothing to it that, like, there's nothing to it that makes me go, that's a great song. I want to hear it again. Right. And I'm actually not going to completely disagree with you. I'd said before, there's no, I don't feel like there's any filler tracks, but I don't feel like this is the strongest entry on this album. And it's a simple, pretty, it's a simple, beautiful song, but it doesn't leave me wanting more of this song. Like, I don't want to listen to this song again. This is not a repeat song to me on this album. I I think it's, you know, it's a fine song and it's a, it's a fine song for when it plays in the background, but this, this doesn't make the playlist of what I would keep on this album. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, tracks one and two, yes, thoroughly love those. Track three with my father passing away recently hits a little bit differently, you know? Oh yeah. And, sure. and it was when I was listening to it uh, for this, it was, I had one of those realizations of like, this is one of those things where music hits differently at different points in our life. You know, this is just a fun, like real time example of that where I'm you Absolutely. Know, very aware of it, but track four doesn't make me want it to continue. I'm good when it's over, and we get on to track five. You swore your love would burn. So I thought you all just float. If it was up to me, you'd fall into pieces. Dust it completely, you'd be nothing but a bad dream. It might be okay. So this song doesn't, I don't feel like the verses, especially the first verse, fits with the chorus. This is one where I feel like it was a little bit disjointed. The bridge to the end is great. I I love this bridge to end. I like the chorus. I don't feel like the verse really fits with it, but they don't go together awkwardly. Like it still feels like a song to me, but I feel like this was where they had a couple different ideas and try to piece them together to put out a track for this album. I, I feel like this track is actually a lot better live personally, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like it hurts the album, but I don't feel like it was a needed move for this album. I, I wish it had drums. That's fine. That's fine. I Go felt on. like the strumming pattern was a little bit more upbeat and this was supposed to be like, okay, we had a couple of really slow ones in a row. So we're going to bring it up a little bit for this one. But because the only thing that's quote unquote up, tempo is the strumming pattern it it still just falls into the same kind of category for me and i nope that didn't yeah, work for me on this I, one. I can agree with you that the that drums would have helped this song out a good bit it, I, I think there are some drums in are. the song but well, not like i yeah. need them to be bigger exactly exactly uh, and so the uh, I I do like the fact that they've gone back and they've taken older songs like there's a song history and they redid it and they did mm-hmm. an uh, like a, a pop punk version of it almost like it's uh, oh. Kevin's version 
and it's a lot more upbeat. And I like that version better than the original version. And I feel like they should do that more. I think I would like the pop punk version of this band more in general. I I recommend going and looking up some more of their stuff and looking up some of that stuff because it is there and it is good. More, it's more live. (laughs) But yeah, so do all the gloom. mentioned this song earlier and i did and apparently they play this one live a lot yes and the way you brought it up gave me the impression that you're a fan of this song yes i am a fan of this song this is the wedding track of the album they try to put one on all their albums this i i love this song all the way through this is a great song it's a simple slow song it's great Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but does this album need another one Okay, so I'm going to say something that I hope does not ruin the song for you. There's something going on on his vocals. And I don't know if it's a filter or if he just had his wisdom teeth cut out. Because I don't understand what's going on with the way he's singing. But some of the voice sounds like there's something in the back of his mouth. And he can't, like, pronunciate properly it does not sound like that on any other song he's got a great voice it's very falsetto and he he likes to sing in that register which again not for me it's not my favorite but for some reason on this song in particular he sounds like he has gauze packed into the back of his mouth and he's not able to like pronunciate it's so weird go back and listen to it again especially during the verses I, I don't know, man. There's something weird going on. I will, and I've never heard that before. I, I hope it doesn't mess things up. I hope you listen to it and go, that dude's crazy. I don't know what he's talking about. This sounds beautiful. I, no, because I'm, I'm not going to say that dude's crazy. I'm going to listen to it and go, screw you, monster. It's still a good song. <laughs> that's fair. And, even, and, and there's songs on some of the records we've already done, and at least one or two coming up that I know right off the top of my head, where there's like something on the vocals that I don't like. And if they would have left it off, I would have liked it better. Just like we talked about on gym class heroes. They put that, uh, vocal filter yeah, on the, one of the vocoder songs. thing on. Yeah. Yeah. And if it would have been on part of the song, it would have been fine, but there's something going on in this one that just, I can't. Yeah. I <laughs> haven't noticed that before, but I'll go back and listen to it. And you're not going to ruin this song for me. You're not right. going to, Good. you're good. I am determined that you're not going to. Now, <laughs> and, now and I some- listened to, I, I was going to say, I listened to this album probably, I don't know, a hundred times, but mostly through headphones. Okay, and I do that's what think I was going to ask. I will say with the headphones on, I think it's a lot more prominent than if you were listening to it in your car or in the background. If you're actually listening through headphones where it's coming right direct to you, it sounds like gauze. That's all I can think of. <laughs> I can say I didn't listen to this one through headphones. I don't think I ever have. I thought I had this one on vinyl, but I have two of their other albums. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, oh, hang on a second. I have them here. Which ones I have? Yeah. Okay. So I have Low Tides and Petaluma on vinyl and not this one. I do want to pick this gotcha. one up on vinyl, but I'm, I'm quite curious as to that. I did listen to it through a single earbud. You know, just in one ear, and while I was oh, doing I something, that. 
yeah. oh, I hate that. And it was like, because I just had to have the other ear to the room. Right. And I had to hear what was going on. But it, uh, yeah, I, I have never heard the uh, wisdom tooth gauze singing um, on that <laughs> one. And I'm curious as to what albums you're talking about that we're going to talk about uh, coming up. But we'll find out when we get there. So yeah, we'll find out when we get there. All right. Track seven. If it's cool with you, I'm cool with being through. Now, this is a fantastic song. I love this song. And I do want to go back because this title actually kind of reminded me of what you said before about the uh, Fall Out Boy song titles. Right. I don't love them if they're I, I don't like them if they're bad, but if they're good, I'm I'm cool with it. But yeah, this one's cute. But this, this one's clever. But the title also needs to be relevant to the song and not right. not just like, you know, some bullshit. Anyway, if it's cool with you, I'm cool with being through. Now, why did you love this one so much? This is my second favorite song on the album. Yeah. This okay. is another big pop song the production on it is very well done it sounds like there's there's no there's nothing stopping this song from being on modern pop radio right in between harry styles and miley cyrus like this is a perfect pop jingle summer song like this song to me is every bit as good as as track two i just i just like the the groove of of uh, track two better than this one, but the production on it's great. The little lead line is really good. There's actually like a a solid driving beat that kind of goes throughout the song. Yeah, this this is my second favorite on the album for sure. So this one, when they play it live, there's a dance like two steps to one direction, two steps to the other, two steps back. Yeah, and what was funny is like when I saw them, I've seen them twice. I don't think I've seen them three times, but when I saw them on uh, in their show, it was. All right, guys, we're going to teach you this little this little dance right quick. And then I got to laughing when I saw them open for Yellow Card because they didn't say that, and he was still doing it on stage, <laughs> <laughs> like during the whistle parts and all. So this song makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, the lyrics make me sad. It's a happy, <laughs> sad song. You know, this goes along with actually what we've talked about in the past, that the happiest songs can be sad lyrics. You know, and if it's delivered the right way, then it's a good thing. And this sure. is this is a banger on this out on the, this album. This this yep. is a banger. It's a great song. Love it. Uh, the video features the uh, lead singer roller skating through Joshua Tree, Perfect. and Perfect. Um, and Anthony um, dressed as the Grim Reaper, like chasing him. Eventually, catches up to, uh, and and he actually does like he does some. I, I don't know. I've never been good at roller skating with the four with with the blocky right? with the quads. Yeah, yeah, the quads. I'm I was always a rollerblader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I, when I I'm, say always, I mean up until I was about I don't know thirteen, and then I quit and never got back on them. But he does some some pretty slick moves all while playing guitar and singing. And nice, it's a uh, it's impressive. You know, they do all their videos themselves, and it's yeah. yeah so that's that's impressive. But great song. Agreed. Track eight. I don't love you like I want to. And it was featuring the happy fits. It's okay to feel afraid. It's okay to feel alone. I just don't. Mm. Now, you, uh, 
your your tone and the way you were talking about that one makes me think that you feel like this album drops after this. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. I I have some notes on on specifically the next song, but uh, this one just felt very like these are the kind of songs that for the right person at the right time, this is the most important thing that they're going to hear. It is going to tug at their heart. It is going to release the floodgates and it's going to mean a lot as a 37 year old man who has a pretty decent middle-class life. (laughs) Not for me, not me, not even a little bit. I can appreciate it. I can understand why other people would like it. I don't, uh, I don't ever want to hear it again. <laughs> okay. That's fine. I don't feel like I, I do. Uh, one, one, I, I will say sure. one bright spot, but it only lasts like four seconds is that bridge you were talking about. They actually, the bridge, it gets, it like swells up. But I don't love you like I want to. Oh, and nothing scares me more than being a child. But then it doesn't do anything. It just, it's just like super slow, super slow, super slow. And then it all drops back out. So I, I was hoping that maybe they tack on an extra 15, 20 seconds to this one and actually kind of like have a little bit of a groove on the way out. But it, it just, nah. Well, see, I don't feel like it didn't have a climax. In fact, I actually felt like there was a climax in that bridge with the timpani drums and like it kind of got right. big and it did swell. And this out, this song was featuring the Happy Fits, which I feel like they should be called the Happy Harmony because the the harmonies on this song I thought were fantastic. Um, I actually have a lot more to say about the uh, vocal performance on this one, but I do okay. feel like uh, musically it was structured, and it's almost like the the way that the song was built coincided with the feeling of the words, and I I felt like this song. I feel like a lot of songs in this album are actually structured really well. And this is one that I think actually does a phenomenal job of. It just builds on top of each part and then climaxes and then it fades away. And it's not one that I want to go back to and listen to again. And I Mm -hmm. think part of it may be that uh, me in my uh, late thirties with a, you know, fairly comfortable middle-class life, you know, I, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, strike a chord with me. So it doesn't resonate. And again, right. I just from what I've seen and the little bit of knowledge I have on these guys, we are not their target audience. <laughs> no, it just so happens that we are consumers of music of all genres, yeah. and with it checks some boxes. No, I don't. I don't think they're they're really catering to. 37 year old middle-class white men that's not their target audience <laughs> no no but i don't think there is much of a audience a target uh for that except maybe uh like jimmy buffett <laughs> oh no are you kidding me we're disturbed breaking benjamin all of those red state rock bands nickelback they're preaching to us brother <laughs> preaching to you <laughs> I, did I you think the, Did you think a review of this wildlife would bring up Nickelback? Because here we are. No, I didn't. And you you did it. You brought up Nickelback in a situation <laughs> where Nickelback doesn't actually apply. I don't think Nickelback actually applies to many situations overall. For our no, audience, can... we are not fans of Nickelback. <laughs> Just... uh, 
Well, we'll do a Nickelback record at some point. We'll get there. Do we have to? Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Track nine. What if I said that you didn't have to stay? My heart is under my ribs, but my love is not a cage. Oh, fuck that distance. We're just distant. Okay, so the thing about this that really jumps out to me is this is not one of the tr- stronger tracks to me. I am impressed with that. It seems like he is harmonizing with a banjo on this, mm-hmm. but he has not pushed his voice on this album much at all. He definitely stays um, in the low end of his soprano on this. And mm-hmm. that's it. It's a simple, straightforward song. I don't think that this was uh, the strongest outing on this personally. So I'm glad to hear you say that because I have a sounds like that might ruin it for you. In the chorus. Stop. Just, the, just, just stop. Don't ruin things for me. Nope. You got to hear it in the chorus. And please forgive me because I don't know the words to, to their song. But in the chorus, he has the exact same vocal delivery as Katy Perry does on Friday night. All I hear. It's it's the exact same syllables and everything. And every time I heard it, I just wanted to be like, I should turn this off and put on Katy Perry, shouldn't I? That'd make me happier. That'd make me way happier. Hey, in our sleep token episode i told you to uh, imagine him singing you are my sunshine one song exactly so, exactly you know, you know, uh we ruin things for each other when appropriate that's fair that is fair and uh for the record i think Katy perry's first two uh big records were good i did i, I have nothing know. against Katy perry and that doesn't ruin it for me so yeah, okay we're all good just check that out that in the god song yeah so all right let's round the album out oh track 10 Oh, this one hurts. Still wondering why you left me behind. So I cry myself to sleep this nine years young. Could you not love what is yours? Could you leave why does this, this one hurt real bad? This one hurts real bad. Um, why? why does it hurt? So, again, this I've had a loving parents my whole life. I've never had an issue with my family life. Yeah. I feel truly blessed and, and thankful that I can say that. And I hope my kids will be able to say the same thing when they grow up. But I know that's not the case for a lot of people. And this song is content wise, probably the heaviest on the record. I do just like we talked about on the Caroline spine episode. I do like a specific story like this. This can be applied to millions of people across the world but there's details in the lyrics that are very specific to his situation and his relationship and i like that i like that it was personal but emotionally i don't identify with this and i don't want to be put into that space because i don't need to you know for someone struggling with abandonment issues and and parental problems this probably helps you but for me, it just, it just, it 
makes me sad for no reason. So yeah, this is another one that every time I went through and had to kind of get through to make some notes on and stuff, I just don't, it's, it's hard for me to listen to. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm with you. I was blessed. I, you know, my family situation, you know, um, I had both my parents around. And so while I like a song that is specific and in story and, you know, relation, I, I think that's great. I think it's fun, but this one doesn't, doesn't click for me because I can't identify with this. Now I had tons of friends who had a parent leave. And so I get it. And I think this is a well-written song, but to end the album with the most emotional punching of a song, it's a bold move. I feel like, you know, this is one, this is the one place that I'm going to actually talk about that track listing is out of order. They should have ended the album with, I don't know, Something like "If it's cool with you, I'm cool with being through," because that was such a happy, upbeat song. And to follow a emotional gut wrench with nothing, I you yeah. kind of need to follow it up with something that sounds a bit happier, at least. Which, which is one of the reasons that I find it so fascinating when you talk about their live show being as Fun. just yeah, because because this. Oh, okay. So we, I brought this up earlier and I said the opposite of fun is this album, blah, blah, blah. And you said, no, I don't think so, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's because it ends here. Because if this was just in the middle of the tracks, or even, even if this was number eight or nine, and then you just had one palate cleanser at the end, mm-hmm. it wouldn't come across as so emotionally draining. Right. Because you're right. It's 10 songs. It's 35 minutes. It's not, a, it's, it should be a breeze, but yeah. it doesn't feel like a breeze. And a lot of it is because of this very last song. Again, I get it. I understand why it's important to people. I understand why they wrote it. I'm not saying it's a bad song. I'm no. saying it's, it's, I'm saying it's the kind of song that I would never seek out on my own and will probably never listen to again. I think it's a great song if you're not paying attention to it. It's, you know, yeah, I don't think it's a great song for every situation, but don't tell me that you can't write a song that talks about brushing teeth and cigarettes. I mean, it's it's in here. And yeah, it it's in there, and it's it's emotional and it's taxing and draining. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I don't I don't again I don't hate anything yeah. like it really, but it just this is not music for me, That's and fine. especially on a song like this. That's fine. So, yeah. all right. Why don't we jump into your closing statement? Okay. As, I, as I'm as i kind of glancing over this, I realize I've touched on most of these points already, but this is pretty short, so I'll just, I'll just read the whole thing. In several um, of our episodes in the past, we've actually touched on points that we actually talk about in our closing statement. So I, yeah. I, it's fine. Go on. So this is not my style of music. I recognize that most of these are well-crafted and well-performed simple pop songs. And in the right mindset, the lyrics and music may very well impact you, but they don't for me. Not to say I've never been sad or I've never had bad things happen to me, but when they do, I go for the music that's the opposite of this. I go for upbeat, funky, positive music. I had friends in high school that would really would have loved something like this, but it's just not for me. There's only two songs on this album that really stand out to me, and those two songs don't really feel representative of the band. 
for me, one to ten, I give it a four. I give it that. I give one whole point the last call for the heavy hearts and one whole point for it's cool with you. I'm cool with being through. And then like a fraction of a point for this thing, a fraction of a point for that thing. And when I did the math in my head, I, I gave it about a four. Okay. I mean, you, you gave it points for different things and that's fine. So, yeah. All right. I'm going to say prescription strength, emotion music. That's what this album is. Almost. Most of the album, yes, a chunk of it is not prescription, but it's kept behind the pharmacy counter. It's happy, it's sad, it's happy sad. This album makes me feel like it's okay to cry and at times makes me want to. Almost perfectly constructed songs with well-placed F-bombs that can punch in when needed. At 10 songs, I didn't get tired. Any more than that, we would have gotten into being repetitive. The life was wild enough but I could have used a plugged-in guitar once or twice or something outside of the same vocal tone. This album is fresh and new, but also familiar. Maybe it's just uh, maybe it just makes me think of a Dashboard Confessional album that's doing covers of Iron and Wine. Either way, I'm going to go listen to it again. I give it an 8.9. Jesus. Okay, that's... <laughs> From what you read to the number you just presented, sound is does not sound... No, right. Okay. And one of the things things that's actually kind of confusing me about this thing is I have these feelings about these songs, but at the same time, who the band is as people plays directly into that. Let's put that. So let me say one more thing for my closing argument from everything that I have heard, Anthony, Kevin, if you listen to this, you sound like two of the coolest dudes on the planet, and I'd love to hang out with you. And you're probably really funny and upbeat because you get your shit out in songs like this. So I bet you guys are amazing live, and I bet you're a ton of fun to hang out with. I'm sorry I don't love the music that you make, but I might come and hang out at a show sometime because you sound like wonderful, beautiful people. So please... Don't take anything that this jackass over here is saying too serious because what do I know? But yeah, if you do listen to this, thanks. And thank you for creating beautiful music for other people. I'm going to go ahead and say that you should take everything that Jack that jackass says with full intention and everything he says is <laughs> ironclad and he's a piece of dirt. No. No, um, it's just... I'm a world-famous music critic pretending to be a mediocre podcaster. Oh, I... Uh, um, are, are we world-famous? <laughs> no, I'm lying. I'm saying yeah. I'm a world-famous music reviewer pretending to be a podcaster. Gotcha. All right, so you gave this a 4. I gave it an 8.8 and... Or 8.9. Sorry, I, I typed Ooh, up. That's not... Ooh, that is high. <laughs> I, I don't think it's fully a nine. I definitely don't think it's a 10, but I I think it's a good album. I really enjoy it. Anyway, so Ooh, that, puts, that puts us at a 6.45 combined. That puts us just above Radiohead OK Computer and just below Closure in Moscow, First Temple. And that puts us at, um, it's a, it's, it's at number seven. It's in our top 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll see how long that takes. That last God, you gave it almost a nine. How is that? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's all good. I'm sorry. I have better taste than you, but (laughs) (laughs) all right, monster. What album are we talking about next week? 
So as a bit of a palate cleanser going in the opposite direction, <laughs> next week will be From Zero's album, One Nation Under. Just real quick on the Pulse Ultra episode, we talked about B tier, C tier, D tier, whatever it is. <laughs> this is not A tier. I don't know. Our discussion will d pinpoint which letter grade it gets, but uh, it's not A tier. <laughs> okay. All right. So. Thank you for listening. If you have a suggestion for an album that you would like to hear us talk about, please shoot us our, shoot it our way at uh, dangerandsarge at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you think that we're wrong, we'll uh, we'll you know we'll read it and tell you that you're wrong. How about that? And if you love our show or you hate our show, I'm let you decide. Yeah, and you can uh, you can let us know what you think by leaving us a uh, a, a review. Uh, preferably five stars, but if you don't think it deserves that, that's fine. I understand. So anyway, that, that was my joke. You kept talking after I said my joke. Sorry. I didn't realize that was your joke. I saw you laughing, but I didn't get the pun in it. I said, whether you love us or you hate us, omelet, you decide. Omelet. Sorry. I didn't catch the omelet part. It's okay. That's okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until uh, until next episode next week. Bye. Later.